Hi everyone, welcome to SAMA, a weekly program which invites experts each week to discuss a topic from their area of expertise. This week we are delighted to have Dr. Kelly Miller as our guest expert to discuss brains, brain health, and how we can keep our brains functioning at optimum levels. Conditions like ADHD, anxiety, autism, spectrum, depression, insomnia, brain fog, PTSD, it's a long list. <laughs> they all have one thing in common though. They all are related to brain function. Doing the daily crossword puzzle and drinking Jinko Perlebo may not be enough in fighting off mental decline. Alzheimer's and dementia are on the rise. Cognitive decline is often the first step to brain function decline. But more importantly, there are many strategies that can, be, that can prevent this condition and potentially reverse it. Your brain is like a supercomputer with billions of neurons making different connections all the time. So just like any complex piece of equipment, maintenance is needed to keep it in top order. Dr. Kelly Miller received a Doctor of Chiropractic from the uh, Logan University of Health Sciences in 1980. He became a Fellow of the Acupuncture Society of America and became a board-certified naturopathic physician from the American Naturopathic Medical Certification and Accreditation Board in 2001. Dr. Miller founded Health Restoration in 2013 based on his belief that a natural synergistic approach to healthcare is the optimum approach to addressing the healthcare issues people face on a daily basis. Kelly, welcome to our show. It's fantastic to have you with us. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. How did you first become interested in brain health? Well, really out of self-preservation. So right. I had, I played, um, I, I was asking you about the Oblax earlier, so I played rugby oh. for 21 years. I played actually in, in Auckland in 81, uh, but uh, had a lot of, I was a center and I tack, I'd probably been involved in 10,000 tackles, you know, Gosh. receiving or, or delivering them and um, had a couple of car crashes and one I was knocked unconscious and I wasn't seat belted. And uh, I had a uh, mischievous youth, so to speak. And so, but really in my mid fifties, I was, I was really having some problems, you know, things that um, like I used to be, I was a movie buff. I used to watch movies all the time and I could see the, the picture. I could see the face of the actor or actress, but I couldn't, I couldn't remember their name. Yes. Yes. And then I was, uh, traveled a lot and I was looking at pictures when we were in Europe and different places and I couldn't remember the name of the cities and different things like that. Mm -hmm. And I was even losing some information about um, technical things like, uh, and that I would use every day, uh, technical terms like cis-trans or trans, which is a, a right or left-handed molecule, things like that, which yes, yes. I should know. And so I was, I knew I was having some problems. So I started an investigation in uh, 2015 and uh, spent three years researching uh, natural remedies, different things that uh, help cognitive, restore cognitive, preserve cognitive, restore cognitive function. Yes. And, you know, one of the things I uh, was looking for was a natural room because they, there's been some 350 drug trials for Alzheimer's and they've all failed miserably. And, um, the, the reason is that 
drugs only work in a single pathway. They inhibit or stimulate a specific enzyme. And mm -hmm. there are many pathways to Alzheimer's. There's a half, you know, a lot of different things that can create the cognitive decline and uh, the Alzheimer's brain. Okay, well, you've, you've mentioned the sports injuries and the car accidents. What other things can um, affect the decline of brain function? Well, in the book, I, I'll, I'll, flash, I'll flash the book here real quick. Oh, you can hold it in front, I don't mind. Saving your brain. So each letter is an acronym. And so uh, S is for sleep. So we now know then we, John, when we have sleep disturbance, our sleep pattern changes, have trouble falling asleep or we're waking up more frequently, that that's actually a sign of a brain imbalance. And one of the biggest things that happens in our sleep cycle or we don't get in our sleep cycle, that's really important, is if we don't get into something called delta sleep, and there's five different cycles of sleep, and we go through them about five times a night, and we should accumulate about 90 minutes of each. Okay. And, 90, and this delta sleep is when we, our brain actually shrinks, almost 50%. So it's almost like we have a metabolic squeezing of the brain sponge, but it, it compresses down, and we get through our lymphatic system, we get a lot of toxins out. So if we don't get into that restorative sleep, then we don't clean our brain. It's the only time we, we can never produce a beta in the brain. And so sleep is really big. Um, a is for autonomic uh, balance or imbalance. And, and really that's related to such, uh, this is such a complicated world we live in now. Uh, you know, so much stress. Got it. <laughs> and, uh, Everybody's stressed out, and uh, it's we find when we do something called heart rate variability, nine out of ten of our patients are locked into this fight, flight, or sympathetic response. So, one of the real keys is how do we de-stress the brain? So when we find when we get stress, stress is brain stress, mm -hmm. and literally when we have stress, we that's um, primordial you know fighting from the the lion tiger or bear or whatever only it's it's a multitude of other things that create that chemistry and physiology and we produce adrenaline and cortisol and although that's necessary for an emergency if that ongoing stress keeps going and going and going the cortisol literally kills the, the neurons in the brain so we so we really got to learn how to distress that's a real biggie uh so V is for vitamins, minerals, antioxidants. We're missing key things. And you miss, mentioned ginkgo biloba. That's, you know, there's, there's, I've got two chapters in the book on different nutrients that are really important for the brain. Yes. Uh, I is for infection. We have a lot of low-grade infections will cause uh, problems in the brain. Um, one of the things we found out, of, you know, uh, in the Alzheimer's brain and the Parkinson's brain, we have this a beta placking. And, you know, so why, why, are, why are we producing all this abate and why is it placking in the brain? And right. one of the things that we found that a beta does is it acts like an antibiotic. So these low-grade infections, that's just a protective mechanism that the, the body's trying to do to protect the brain. And uh, so if we get rid of that infection, that chronic inflammation, chronic, chronic infection, then the beta, there's no reason for the body to keep producing beta. So we look at all these different things. N is for neurohormones. They're very neuroprotective. 
the stress causes our hormone systems to go down. G is for genetics. There's a specific, particularly the ApoE4 gene. Uh, about 50% of the people who have Alzheimer's have that. And uh, the significant thing about the ApoE4 gene, it's actually an LDL. And what it does, its purpose is to get a beta out of the brain. And it's just the least efficient of those genetic variants. They've got an ApoE2, an ApoE3. But if we take extra niacin, we can compensate for it. So it's good if we know that because we just need a lot of the genes variants are actionable. You know, if we know what, what weakness we have, then we can, we can support it nutritionally or doing do lifestyle things, getting regular exercise, keeping our uh, blood sugars stable. Uh, y is for um, lifestyle belief system, you know, how our perception of stress, if we take, um, you know, a poll in people and we said, okay, on a scale of zero to 10, how many people are a nine or 10? Raise your hand. Okay. Then we have, okay, how many people are a one or two? If we take that high group compared to that low group, there's a 400% increased risk factor. So again, that gets back to that, a, that just that stress, the perception of wow. stress is so big. And uh, we have O is for obesity. So the fatter we get, the more oxidative stress, the smaller our brain becomes. Uh, U is for unfriendly environment. And this is, this is a, a real big, um, one of the big factors, you know, the sleep, the, the stress, but the unfriendly environment we have. I know in China now there's a lot of environmental issues, a lot of challenges there in some of the big cities. Um, from pollution in the United States, we have things like glyphosates and we have mercury and we have aluminum. I live in Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay and Miami areas in Florida have some of the highest aluminum concentrations in the United oh. States. Mm. So each one of those B is for blood flow, R is for reading, A is for uh, activities, exercise, I is for insulin sensitivity, resistance, and N is for neurotransmitters. So each of those are important. I think some of them have a little more importance. The environment is really big. Blood sugar regulation is really big and cardiovascular uh, health uh, is, is, is very big. Yes. And it's the longest segment that I've ever heard of. <laughs> there's a lot of factors in there. So when, when, yeah. when we look at different people and sometimes we're trying to look at those weak links. So we figure out like this uh, patient A may have blood sugar problems and they have ApoE4 gene. Someone else may have had the head trauma. Yes. So we, wow. we, we, Isn't it surprising how you're saying that um, all these studies to try and combat Alzheimer's have failed, all these formal studies? And they've been focusing on the plaque in the brain, trying to prevent it from building up. And you're saying that it's actually, it's actually the body intentionally trying to um, combat. Yeah, and the other another form of a beta, which I failed to mention when I was talking about unfriendly environment, is that it it binds with heavy metals. So when you get mercury and aluminum are neurotoxic, they go straight to the brain, mm -hmm. and that's why some of the uh, vaccines can be problematic because they'll accumulate, um, you know, with the aluminum in there. But so again, the beta is trying to bind. A beta production increases when blood sugars go up. So we're creating the environment consciously or unconsciously 
that is making the bait of production. And when we talk about stress, um, one of the things when we talk about cortisol, what cortisol does, cortisol produces sugar. So literally, you can be so stressed and be producing so much sugar that you're, you're, you're elevating your sugars. And that's why sometimes people, when they're under stress, they have trouble losing weight because they're just, they're producing you know, hundreds and hundreds of calories from the, from the glucose. I often wondered about that. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? And that is, so it is the way your body's being made for emergency situations. You've got the energy to fight or, or run away, but it's on an ongoing basis. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're supposed to be, you know, if we go out and we're hunting the mammoth or, or whatever way back when, or we're, we, we've got to go get, you know, we might lose one or two in the gang, but once we, we get back and we've carved it up and we get to eat, then we, we relax. We're in the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest and healing part. But in this complicated world, we're just not, we're not, we're not down-regulating. We're losing that adaptability in our nervous system. We're, st- we're ramping up and we're not ramping down. The times have changed. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like- it's tough. And it's, yeah, we, I mean, this is one of the biggest challenges we have with our patients is how can we help them de-stress their brain? There's a question that's coming from our friends on Facebook. This is live stream on Facebook. Um, this is from Dudley Saint who asks, how do we know that insomnia relates to changes in brain function. How do we know? Well, we've done different studies. One of the things we do with brain mapping studies, and we'll show abnormality in different uh, brainwave patterns. <coughs> we have five different certain brainwave patterns. They'll do these in sleep studies. And, and uh, there's certain patterns that will cause the lack of sleep. Okay. A lot of it um, a lot of it, again, is this imbalance between the fight-flight, which is called the sympathetic nervous system, and this rest and digest, the parasympathetic. So if we are ramped up, uh, then we're not, we're not going to sleep because our nervous system, we're, we're trying to run from something. And that's also why we have so many digestive problems because, you know, we're, we're worried about this and we're eating on the go and our, our nervous system is in a, this fight flight mode it's not in the rest and digest mode so we need you know to sit down and you know take a deep breath relax and and uh, when we eat our food so we can digest better i was just thinking every day before on christmas eve every child <laughs> gets to appreciate the importance of sleep because the next day they're, they're absolutely um They've got zero energy, and they often get sick as well. It's just digressing. Now, you learned um, what caused the decline, and you found some things that could um, help prevent or reduce the rate of decline. What? What? This is for yourself. How? Uh, what? What? What were your first steps? What did you decide to do first? To try well, what I did, yeah, what I did, my it's a good question, and what I did for myself, and what I did initially, uh, I I did a brain mapping, and I found the imbalances, and I used a audio visual trainer, and this is something that I'd come across and um, searching for solutions, and it's a it's a device called BrainTap, and um, 
Patrick Porter developed it. It's been around for a number of years. It's, it's one of the four top technologies in this audiovisual training. It's a chapter in the book. But basically, you can, through your eyes, through photic stimulation, or through your ears, biurnal or isochromic beats, it can uh, create an environment or a frequency that's better for the brain. So the brain will respond to light and sound. And so if you do the right frequencies, then the brain will restore into normal. So we can speed up a slowing down brain. We can calm down an overstimulated brain. We can balance the brain from left to right hemispheres just by putting in different signals. So that was one of the main things we did. I did, and I also did um, some detoxification. I actually had high levels of mercury and lead and cadmium and uh, which were affecting me, my brain waves and, and, the, and the trauma were slowing down my brainwave activity. Yes. I was actually speaking slower. Wow. You know, I, uh, when I listen to myself speak, I still speak pretty slow, but that's, I grew up in, I blame that because I grew, grew up in Arkansas. That's a, a little, t little uh, state in the South in the United States. But anyway, um, I was literally speaking slower. And now when I hear myself speak uh, recordings from different things, I'm actually, my cadence is picked up a little bit. So uh, that was one of the main things we do. We, we've got a multitude of different natural therapies that we uh, employ. We use neurofeedback. We're a big proponent of neurofeedback. You can target specific areas of the brain, specific nutrition. We look at hormone function. Hormone function is really big, like low thyroid function will double the risk of cognitive decline in, in Alzheimer's. So we, uh, we, we look at the hormones and we help people uh, tweak that, get their, their hormone system working optimally. We look at, um, yeah, so we look at environmental, we, we're trying to figure out what's, why the brain's not working uh, well. And most of the time when we look at a person, part of the brain is working well or extremely well, but another part isn't. So we're just trying to, to shore up the parts that aren't working right. Right. Now, one thing which you didn't mention in your list of things which can cause cognitive decline is aging. Is yeah, the age, yeah, just the aging process. There can be some little slower uh, response, but we look at, <coughs> you know, when we look at a, um, they do something called a quantum MRIs now and they actually measure brain sizes and you know you'll have some slight shrinkage just so you know if you go from 20 years old to 80 years old there'll be some shrinkage but it's kind of uniform and it um, but what we see and and the significantly cognitive decline you'll see large areas so of like the hippocampus for example which is a part of the brain that takes short term into long-term memory or the cerebellum, which is uh, uh, the lower brain. You know, I have patients come in now and they have these MRIs where they go, my brain has shrunk, you know, 40% here, 20% here. So, uh, yeah, so there's, there's a difference in the aging process. I mean, some of us can age gracefully and, and some of us aren't. I, one of my worst patients I saw was only 59 years old. I just saw a few weeks ago. His daughter, who's a... Um, a doctor of chiropractic brought him in and, um, you know, just on a casual conversation, he seemed okay. He moved around all right, but 
he he could not do it at any two steps like if you if i if i said john i want you to take go three steps and then take a right go three steps he couldn't do that he might be able to do the first three so if we we're on a screen i said okay when you see this color i just want you to hit the one key hmm. he, he couldn't he couldn't process it it made no information. If I said what, if I pointed to the letter A, I said, "Give me a word that starts with A." Didn't, didn't, didn't know what that meant. So uh, that's that, pretty scary. Could that describe someone that's got dyslexia? If someone has, you know, the, the way that the message is perceived is different to how it's sent, and um, yeah, is dyslexia a um, a type of um, brain decline or brain mystery? well let's say i think it's i think dyslexia causes a lot of stress you know in in people and i think when you look at some of these uh things like when people classify someone as adhd yes. and they go through the aging process those are increased risk factors for having earlier cognitive decline i think some of those, many of those things mm. um, anxiousness depression or increased risk factors. So any kind of early, you know, problems early on with the brain yes. are, are probably going to increase your risk factors. But I, I want to emphasize that most of these things that can be corrected or greatly improved. I mean, one of the things we find out about uh, children for when you, we have, when you're talking about dyslexia, uh, for example, and learning disability one in four people have an eye tracking problem. It's just because their eyes are not coordinated together. And that's a, that's a lower brain function. Uh, the lower brain controls the nerves that control the eye muscles. And those can be specifically um, corrected. We use a, a technology called right eye. It's an infrared camera. And so we measure, this is something that's really big in the aging brain and cognitive. And when people's vision gets back coordinated again, it restores uh, uh, important brain function because we now we know that our vision and our uh, balance, our vestibular part of our vestibular uh, system, are very intricate related to our cognitive function. And so, when we get people's eye tracking and their balance improved. It, it has a synergistic effect in improving the, the cognitive function. It's amazing. So that's sort of an overall balance. Your, your brain, um, our brains are balanced organs and they require everything to be functioning. Yeah, and one of the things we, we're finding is we, we've got to have, that's important when we talk about activities, the brain needs movement. Movement is good, you know, and in, if we think of many societies where people had good qualitative longevity, they, you know, they worked, they were kind of farmers, they worked, they just, they kept moving around, they kept doing things and they ate well and they, and they aged fairly well, as long as they didn't have a bad accident or something back, you know, where they got an infection or something. By movement, you're talking about us keeping the blood flowing or you're thinking about um, stimuli for the brain? Well, I just think movement, body movement. Okay. You know, just moving their bodies, working their bodies. It's really important. You know, there's so many uh, part of the problem with the aging brain comes about when people become sedentary. 
So just sitting, you know, someone retires, you know, there's, it's uh, pretty well established like in America when a man retires at 65 and if he doesn't have a, a, a hobby and he goes home and sits that he's done in five years. That's, that's usually his longevity after retirement. So it's a very important. We're seeing an epidemic in young people now because they're sedentary. You know, they're, they've got their head down and they're, they're moving their thumbs and that's about it <laughs> all day long. And it's, it's creating a, a crisis. It really is. It's, it's causing an imbalance in their brain development. It's important that children play and they climb and they do all these things. It's, it's very critical for brain development. And in the aging process, process you know, and I, I don't know if this is true. I, I heard that in old China that, that the old people when they retired were required to do Tai Chi and the, you know, the parks or whatever. And because the government would recognize the Tai Chi kept them better balance, reduced fall risk, kept them healthier. So I don't know if that's true or not. I heard that. I've heard that, but, um, uh, I'm, I'm a, I, I, I recommend Tai Chi for my older patients all the time because again, it keeps them moving. Right. Uh, Krishna is coming from Dolly uh, Cubano from Facebook. Um, Dolly, I won't ask about the frequencies because that's more related to other equipment, but Dolly is asking um, what other, uh, 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 other treatments for removing heavy metals in the brain in other areas, such as DMSA and DMPS. Have you heard of those two treatment methods or substances which, are, which chelate metal from, your, from the body? It's DMSA and DMPS. Oh, DMSA, you're talking about for uh, binding heavy yes. metals. Yes. Yeah. Is, I mean, is, are you asking me, are those effective? Uh, well, Don, Dolly's asking really what, what, well, okay, I'll ask it in my way. How can we get we, rid of heavy metals in our brain? How do we get rid of the heavy metals? Yeah. Is that what, yes, yes. yeah. That can be used. I'm not, I do that. I use that when I uh, do a provocative test in heavy metals. We'll give them DMSA because it'll, we want it to pull it out. Um, I haven't really done that. I use uh, uh, a zeolite is one of the things I use a lot because it binds with heavy metals. Okay. And then we, we will do certain testing to see where the detoxification pathways, uh, lots of times glutathione is needed. Uh, so sometimes depending on what the, um, the environmental toxin is, there's usually a specific, uh, nutrient or group of nutrients that are important in binding with it and detoxifying it. And what will happen many times is people will run out of that nutrient because they're, they have so much of a body burden of a certain thing. Right. Um, uh, I actually use a product, um, from a company, RNA that has a zeolite, sublingual zeolite that we use for a lot of heavy metals. Seems to work well. How safe is zeolite? Okay. If the, if the heavy metals are being extracted, does your body react in any way? Well, that's what we look at. We'll do, we'll do when we have uh, certain indications from some where someone's symptoms, signs and symptoms 
or when we do their brain mapping, they have high delta uh, levels. That's an indication of environmental. So we'll do like food chemical sensitivity and we'll do, um, uh, I like a test called GPL talks from uh, Great Plains there in the Kansas City metropolitan area. And through your analysis, we'll look at things like uh, herbicides, pesticides, plastics, phthalates, petroleum byproducts. And then we'll also do a, some organic acids tests, which will check multiple levels of detoxification. So when we do that, we figure out what the, what, what the person has and whether they're deficient. And the other thing that we often find is that they're getting poisoned through their water source or their air source. So one of the things that's really important if someone has a heavy body burden is that they may need to get better water and air filtration, yeah. you know, to protect so they don't keep poisoning themselves. Mm -hmm. That's right. You can filter out as well, get, try, be as healthy as you can, but while you're drinking this poison water or eating this poisonous, poison laden food. Yeah. I'm in, uh, you know, I'm in, I have two of my practices in Florida, which is a huge agriculture area, you know, fruits, strawberries, oranges, all kinds of things. And they have a very shallow aquifer. And, and invariably when I have patients that are chronically ill here, when we test them, they're loaded with uh, herbicides and pesticides. Yeah. So that's, that's coming through the water and their food. So we've got to, uh, we, we, we've got to get some better filtration for them. I like a solid carbon block. We use a, a company called MultiPure. They're out of Las Vegas, and uh, they have many filters uh, that will take out 99.9% .9 of herbicides and pesticides, even arsenic, which is very difficult, yes. and uh, even pharmaceutical drugs. You don't think about it, but if you're in a big metropolitan area, like you're in Beijing or I'm in Tampa Bay, you got millions of people, uh, you've got... Uh, you know, they're not metabolizing all these medications through their urine or their stool, and they're actually going into the water, and there's no way to, to clean these things. So uh, these many of these medications are, are active in parts per billion. Okay, that's like one, one part in a billion parts. So, that's, yes. so we're actually accumula accumulating medication in ourselves. We're it's getting scary. medicated if we drink, if we don't have water filtration that's very scary <coughs> excuse me charlotte garland has asked a question um what do you recommend for someone who has balance issues from tbi balance issues from traumatic brain injury yeah this is very common in fact um, um depending on where sean is there's a lot of doctors um, out there we use something uh, uh, called the right eye and we also do something called balance tracking, which assesses balance. But uh, it's a good question. I want to uh, tell the listeners that nine out of 10 people, when they have a concussion, will develop eye tracking and balance problems. So this is something that's very common. And you can get a concussion without a loss of consciousness. You can get a whiplash injury or sports injury and not lose consciousness and be, and be concussed. And uh, so the eye tracking is a big deal and the, the balance. So he needs to get with someone 
who does functional neurology depends on you know I don't know what part of con uh, the uh, country he's in, right. but there's different practitioners that uh, have these tools that can assess them and uh, have a correction for it. Okay, there's people that are watching this video now and they'll be thinking, well, how will I know if my brain is not firing on four cylinders? How do I know whether my mental health has declined slightly? Are there ways that we can do self-tests, if you like? Yeah, there are. In fact, uh, our website, uh, we have access to that and we'll let uh, people really, we have unlimited access. so. I just, uh, if we have a private membership association. So someone for $10, they can join our membership and we can give them access to cognitive functioning. And uh, we have 12 different functions. So if they want to do a complete battery, uh, there's no charge for that. They can go on and, and, um, and they'll, they'll rate them. So it's kind of like if you think you're in school, like if you know 90 to 100, you're an A, and 80, you know, to 90, you're B. So you can get an idea, but it it does it with people's age group, and it'll put them in. Oh, this is an average range, or this is above average, or it's below average. So the significance of, you know, let's say um, 60s passing, marginally, you know, in school, if we that would be a, a, a D minus, right? We probably, nobody probably wants their brain to be a D minus, but it would be easier if you scored there to bring it up than if you were down in the 20s or 30s, okay. right? Okay. So it's all relative, but uh, there are objective testing okay. out there. And um, one, of the th one of the tests is you can even get, there's an app called the Stroop test, S-T-R-O-O-P, and you can get that online. And um, so there's multiple tests, but what you can do, the one we use is real quick, it's a 60 second test and it differentiates color. So you're gonna say, let's see, you see the word green, but it's, <laughs> but it's in blue ink, right. okay? So you have to see, it's the color you're seeing, not the word. <laughs> but it's amazing. It seems very simple, but if you have a, if you're in cognitive decline, you can't, you're going to, you just can't do that. So okay. that's, uh, that's, that's an objective one of the tests, but we have, that's just one of 12 different tests. When we do, when we have patients come in, we do brain mapping, the brain mapping shows, you know, where the biggest imbalances are and from their history. So sometimes it's, um, see this area above our, called the temporal area above our ears processes our hearing. So you can actually have part of your brain that processes auditory sounds not working correctly, which would adversely affect your hearing. So you can actually have, you know, the eardrum could be not working right, but you can also have a part of the brain that processes sounds not working right. And wow. um, you can get that working better and help your understanding of, of words better. Same thing with the eyes. You can, the part of the, the brain that processes your vision could not be working well. Right. Uh, another question from Dolly. Um, if we have a virus in the brain or the eye area, uh, which is affecting the brain function, um, is, it, is there much that we can do to eliminate the virus? 
the brain itself has got a brain blood barrier. So it's hard to get any drugs. Yeah. So one of the things, yeah, blood brain barrier. So while you brought that up, I'll address two things there because that's something about, I want to make people aware about EMFs. There's a good book out called radiation nation. If you want to know about that, but uh, one of the problems with the Wi-Fi and, and too much, it increases our, our blood brain permeability and makes us more susceptible for getting heavy metals and different things accumulating up in there. But there are many um, ways to do deal with viruses. We use um, uh, a product called from Biocidin. It's a liposomal and it's been well researched against limes and we use it with for mold infections all the time we use colloidal silver so there's uh there's uh doctors that do functional medicine that will specialize in some of this i don't know the person is in there if she's ever seen a, a doctor does functional medicine but you can do tests and then there are natural therapeutics that you can uh, recommend and then retest and some of these things will clear out over time the you mentioned pulsed EMFs from Wi-Fi increasing the permeability of the blood brain a uh, blood brain barrier. Yes. Um, if this is known, why are they introducing a wonder five G, which is? It's not going to be good. No. You know, it's i in Europe. They're actually trying to. They're passing more legislation to protect the public from public Wi-Fi and, and, and not allowing it in schools. But you're, the increased radiation is going to be a problem. I mean, you've got 5G. If you put that to your ear, it's going to go all the way through your brain. Okay. So it's, um, you know, if you think about a, what a microwave oven does to your food. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> so different frequencies, 1200. So it's, it's, really going to it's dehydrating and so it dries that it's drying out your cells from inside out but it's definitely it's definitely a stressor i mean we're going to have i mean something we need to be conscious of that we can't do with phones but um like i try to avoid putting my phone in my ear any way i can i'll be on speakerphone or i'll be you know hardwired uh to it in my car um, and you know, just your routers, you know, be sure that they're not next to you at your sitting by your computer. So we can reduce a lot of that. You can use grounding mats. You know, there's, there's, uh, uh, these grounding mats that will help absorb the EMFs and keep them out of your body. But you know, Kelly, most of these, uh, suggestions, you're offering now aren't going to be adopted by the general population. So 5G is coming out. How long do you think it will be before our brains will start showing signs, outward signs of um, declining? Weeks, months. The, the, the more susceptible people will be noticed first, but there's already people that are very sensitive to um, EMFs and um, it's part of their it's part of their genetic variants and it's also their nutritional intake that they have more susceptible but we need more antioxidants and we need different more things to protect that um one of the um 
nutrients we have on our website that we recommend for our patients routinely for brain is a, a supplement called Micro Daily, which uh, uh, a Dr. Prasad developed, and he actually has seven patents on this, and one of the, one of his protection against radiation. It's an antioxidant formulation that helps protect the brain from radiation. Wow, okay, that's good to know. Uh, Gloria Sanchez is um, asking about high doses of, of melatonin. Does that help to detox the brain? Uh, melatonin is, uh, I, I'm a, I use melatonin a lot with my patients. Yes. One of the things that uh, reduces our melatonin is when we watch, when we're on a computer after dark, especially, Yes. There's a specific blue light that is doing that. So if you're, if you're, you need to avoid that, but if you're going to do that, and I recommend this to anybody who's on the computer a lot is to get some blue light blocking glasses. Yes. You know, you can get these from Amazon. There's, and there's obviously some will be rated better than others, yes. but that will reduce that. But melatonin is very important to, it's the most powerful antioxidant. So it's an anti-cancer thing. So it's, we want to have good sleep, Yes. Uh, so we want to be in a dark environment because that will inhibit it. But any kind of these um, prescription medications for sleep will actually uh, decrease your melatonin. Right. One of the ways we can get melatonin naturally is to get sunlight through our eyes during the daytime. And if we get sunlight, that turns to serotonin and serotonin converts to melatonin at night. But there's no, there's, I don't see any problems with people taking melatonin. We like, uh, we use a sublingual liposomal technology for that. And I've had patients who had uh, cancer that took up to 200, 250 milligrams a day. So different people will metabolize melatonin. So if you're a fast metabolizer, you can take a higher dosage. If you're a slow metabolizer, you can't. So some one person might take 20 milligrams and uh, have, you know, wake up feeling refreshed. So another person could take that much and then they feel like they're really groggy. You know, they feel like they're drugged up. So it's uh, just letting people know that there can be a, a, a big variance in your genetics on how fast you metabolize it. Right. Okay. So if you're waking up groggy, you just get your, it's too much, just back off. <laughs> Charlotte Garland has um, said that she heard that loss of, uh, loss of the sense of smell is associated with dementia and also traumatic brain injury. Is this true? Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of research, Parkinson's and um, early Parkinson diagnosis and uh, Alzheimer's. And one of the things that we do is things like chocolate, cinnamon, coffee, things that have vanilla and uh, being able to smell that and differentiate that. So that could be, a, it could be a sign of some early cognitive decline. You know, we look at the big picture, like we look at Alzheimer's, the fastest growing cause of death in the United States, 123% increase in 15 years. Most research now points that probably when someone's diagnosed, they've had it for 15 years. So when you start to have some of these early signs, you need to get to someone um, who can take a look at brain function. There's a growing number of doctors throughout the country and throughout the world. And, um, you know, if you contact us, we'll try to see if we can get, you know, if there's some resources out there. 
for some of the listeners and depending on what, um, you know, where their demographic, where there's, where the city they're living in. Yes. Um, but yeah, I would, I would, you need to get checked out and, and get some cognitive function and we, and look at your brain and, and see what can be done. I'm very interested in these signs like how Charlotte brought up with regards to loss of sense of smell or well, people can probably think, you know, realize that I, my sense of smell isn't as good as it used to be. Are there other outward signs, simple signs, that may be an indication that there's bad days ahead? Yeah, there are. And they're, they're like, I have 17 or 18 in my lectures that I talk about. And a lot of them are just uh, things like lack of patience and more frustration, easier triggered um, emotionally, you know, outbursts. Uh, could be... Uh, a real common symptom is misplacing things. Yes. You know, your eyeglasses, your car keys, your, you know, whatever, you, you know, where'd I put this, where'd I put this? And then that can progress to where more expensive things, you know, like I, or, you know, someone had uh, a Rolex or something like where'd I put, put that? That's, you know, $10,000 watch. Uh, that could be a problematic or, but yeah, the constant misplacing things and also um, misusing words. Yes. Could be another one. Also, one of my patients was getting lost. You know, literally she'd be driving along and she'd have to, to pull over. That's scary. And, and kind of go, okay, my day planner, where am I? What time is this? And where, oh. am, I, where, where am I going? So that's a pretty advanced stage. Yeah, but uh, problems, more problems with math. Um, so, you know, lots of times we'll ask patients, so John, I want you to subtract four from 40, you know, 40, 36, 32, 20, things like that, uh, or two from 20s. Um, more, uh, more trouble with organizational things. And really, I would say that your peers, you know, like your family or your, your coworkers will, will, will start maybe noticing some little subtle changes. Okay. Uh, you know, you know, like odd, you maybe we call them filtering problems too, you know, maybe saying or doing something a little bit out of character or inappropriate. Yes. You know, it could be a sign. <laughs> right. And uh, that's without having a beer after a rugby game. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, <laughs> Uh, but I thought no, we'll, keep, we'll keep this is a family show, so we'll keep we'll keep to the facts. Now, Debbie Short um, is asking about colloidal silver. Do you use colloidal silver in your treatments? Colloidal silver, yes, we do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, use what, that routinely. And what dose do you use of the colloidal silver? What dose? Yes, like how much colloidal silver would someone? Ah, uh, well, that's a. It's varying with different people. We usually have one that's 30 parts per million, which is uh, very potent. Um, we use the colloidal silver from this company, RNA, and I mentioned them before, because it's been tested against multiple different um, companies. And there's another company we use out of Utah, which is, had been tested and uh, for things like infections and wounds and things like that. Yes. And was how effective is the colloidal silver? What what is its value in treatment? Is it is it um, quite 
profound. I'm sorry, say again. Oh, if, if someone takes silver for declining health, uh, brain health, um, does it do you see you know, good results just from silver alone or do you have to? Yeah, yeah I would say I'm, I'm never, usually when we do colloidal silver, it's part of a um, general detoxification plan and or um or part of a plan and treating a, a chronic infection so it's it's very rare that i just use colloidal silver by itself it's usually part of a understand maybe three or four or five things maybe yes. the colloidal silver does that cross the blood brain barrier i don't know the answer to that okay and uh I have just asked that Gloria Sanchez is asking, do you think uh, zeolite uh, crosses the blood brain barrier? Uh, zeolite? Yes. Um, I don't know that either. Okay. Good questions. I've got, I've got two things to go research now. <laughs> yes. But, the, uh, but there, but a lot of the, um, um, well, that's a good, that's a very good question. Um, I would have to assume that the binders do because when we do, when we retest patients, their heavy metal levels have dropped. Yes. Now the question is, and is, is it specific in the brain? Um, yeah. Um, that's a, that's a very good question. Okay. And I'll have to, I'm, I'll have to do some research on that. Now, if you hadn't decided in your earlier years, um, in your infinite wisdom, to go overseas and try and fight the All Blacks in rugby and, and um, get beaten up a little bit. Um, how, what sort of lifestyle would you choose to keep your brain functioning at full capacity? What would you recommend other people do to try and you know, change their lifestyle so that in later years, yeah. still got I, I think, you know, some basic things, I think, and, and they're really, they're very foundational and they, they, the, the same thing that's going to keep your brain healthy is the same thing that keeps everything else healthy. It's just more of a challenge in today's world. I mean, I think you need to um, eat real food. You know, there'll be more Americans that go to bed tonight that did not eat a fruit and vegetable today than did that's a problem. Dis displacement of packaged foods and, and processed foods versus real food. So we need to eat real food um, and organic as much as possible to reduce residual herbicides and pesticides. We need to get a pure water source. And um, like I said, I like, I like the uh, solid carbon block. There's other, there's other ones that are rated, um, there's a specific international rating for different um, types of toxicity in there. So mm -hmm. there's some RO units in there. The, the, the negative on RO is they take out minerals and you got to get some minerals back in there, yes. but a better water source, a better air source. We need to, you know, the problem with when we live indoors, like I'm in Florida, it's hot all the time. So, you're you're just sealed up so whatever toxins are out there in your house and they're being concentrated two four eight times and you're breathing them over and over again right. uh well we have a, a heavy 
uh, where it's warm all the time, there's a lot of moisture, you have a lot of mold. Mm -hmm. And one, one in four people have uh, genetic predisposition for mold infections. Right. And there's a, there's a great screening test if people go to www.survivingmold.com. There's a visual acuity test for $15 you can take. And uh, it's, it's about 90, 95% accurate in doing that. Wow. So people who have reoccurring sinus mm. or upper respiratory uh, infections may have a mold infection. So just getting air and water, pure air and water, eating good food. And then the other thing, getting good sleep, good quality sleep, mm. you know, get it dark, try to avoid... Uh, the electronics as much as possible. And the other thing is have a way to de-stress. I think that's is one of the biggest things. We, all my patients, I recommend a uh, this audio-visual trainer called BrainTap because it's something literally you can just put on your head and for in 20 minutes you can de-stress your brain. And I think uh, you can get out of that fight-flight physiology get into that resting digest healing physiology and that's and that's really what i think the biggest challenge in today's world is is get is us calming down and de-stressing and and we're you know getting that adaptability back in our nervous systems where we can you know we can if we need uh, to get up for something we can but we've got to be able to turn it off and that's that's the, the the problem we're having is that people aren't able to turn it off. We're at the tail end of 2019. We're experts on so many things. We know what's harming us, but it just gets worse every year. It seems that more <laughs> more obstacles are coming along the way. There's 5G just on the horizon, no pun intended, and um, and there's no real great advancements that are, that are positive to our health. It's like we're almost fighting, always combating technology and their lifestyle. Yeah, it's a tough, and you know, I, I encourage people in my books to do that, you know, be a proponent, be a, you know, help protect what you can politically to do that. But I think we all ultimately have to educate ourselves and we have to uh, protect ourselves. And the government's not going to do it. And, um, so we, we've got to protect ourselves, protect our family, and, and protect our, our, our people close to us. And we can do that. And, it, and um, you know, we can do that reasonably uh, with some expenditure, but not a huge expenditure. We can, you know, if we get better air and water, we can protect our whole family. Right. Yeah, you've got to fight for it. Fight for our lives. <laughs> That's a challenge. It, it really is. You know, I've been practiced for 40 years, and... This is something like tomorrow I'll be lecturing and I'm, I'm about how to implement changes to develop a brain-based practice and, and start helping people. And this is the problem when people are just sicker today than they were 40 years ago. In the eighties, it was very easy to get miracles with people. Yes. Um, it's, 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 it's a lot more challenged today. Uh, they've got it's they're more complicated their illness is more complicated multifaceted so if people I, want I, to I, more more about you know, your book for example 
and um, other um, other information. How can people get hold of you? Do you have a website? Yeah, we have uh, www.savingyourbrain.com. We have you can go in and leave your name and number, ask a question or whatever. Yes. Uh, the book is available through Amazon, through Kindle, and through our website. And, uh, you know, I would just encourage you, it, there's good information in there. I wrote this book. Uh, these are all natural things. These are all things that a, a person could access. And our clinic, we have, on our next book, we're going to talk about some of these technologies when you really have a problem. And, and you know, you also need to get some of these modern technologies that to really get your brain yes. uh, rejuvenated. Uh, but, you know, Dr. Bredson, Dale Bredson out of UCLA was a researcher in Alzheimer's and he uh, recently wrote the book, The End of Alzheimer's. And his conclusions are very much like mine is that Alzheimer's, he thinks it's a disease, three things, it's a metabolic disease. We're talking about blood sugar dysregulation. It is a, a disease of infection, chronic infection, and it's a disease of environmental problems. So those are, you know, kind of what we talked about. That's a similar conclusions. Um, Daniel Amen, it's another uh, psychiatrist out of uh, Chicago area. If anybody watched PBS, he's a, uh, he uses something called SPECT imaging. So again, similar, similar information, similar philosophy and uh, some similar solutions. Mm. We're getting close to the end of the summer. Would you like to end with a with any statement, any positive statement for people? Here's the bill to prove it. <laughs> well, I would just, uh, yeah, I would just encourage people to read the book. Just as it's common, uh, a lot of it is uh, common sense. We got the grandfather clock going off here. Yes, yes. Maybe drowning me out here. Uh, <laughs> and uh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, so we look at if, if you have, I think I encourage people to get, I'm, uh, do, get a brain mapping. Go ahead and get a brain mapping and get a baseline. Get a cognitive test. Okay. Certainly by the time you're 50. Okay. If you've had significant head trauma, if you have a history of uh, anxiousness, you know, we have 50 million Americans that are medicated for anxiousness. Do you realize that? That's it, it's an epidemic. Um, depression, if you're having sleep issues, these are signs you know, that, that, you have, that you've got a brain problem. Um, and get it in and because it's, it's much easier to fix a small problem than a big problem. Yes. So I get in early, get in, get in quick and, and nip it in the bud, so to speak. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for coming on to our show. You've, we've um, talked about a lot of issues. It's been very interesting. I didn't realize that the uh, volume of people that had uh, mental health issues or brain issues was so prevalent. There's just so many people that are, that are suffering. Uh, I didn't realize that the impact of EMFs, EMF radiation from Wi-Fi was so pronounced as well. That was quite surprising to me in particular with um, opening up the permeability of the blood-brain barrier. That's quite scary because Wi-Fi is everywhere. 
and soon we're going to get 5G. It's very scary. Yeah, and you have yeah you have a perfect storm. You have things like glyphosates, yes, which disrupt you know your own natural bacteria in, in your gut, yes. and uh, you know a lot of people don't realize that our our bacteria in our gut create ninety five percent of serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter which calms the brain. So uh, most 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 people and every anti anxiety medication or depression medication. Is trying to manipulate serotonin. Yes. Yeah, let, let's treat the symptoms <laughs> and see what happens in 20 years' time. Gosh, it's, it's so scary, so scary. Well, thank you so much for coming to our show. It's been a pleasure having you with us. Thank you for having me, John. Okay, you take care. Thank, thank you so much, John. Bye bye. Bye bye.